you love wrestling podcasts but hate all the ads? Well, you can get all the great podcasts early and ad-free at adfreeshows.com. It only starts at nine bucks a month, but you get exclusive series at adfreeshows.com like Title Chase, Eric Fires Back, Conversations with Conrad, and tons more, and a chance to interact with your favorite podcast hosts every month. See for yourself why thousands of other wrestling fans say adfreeshows.com is the best value in wrestling. Adfreeshows.com. Are you feeling stuck making minimum payments on your credit card debt? Savewithconrad.com can help, and you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Get rid of your credit card debt and lower your monthly payments right now at SaveWithConrad.com. Howdy, folks. Double J here. That's right. That's J-E-double-F-J-A-double-R-E-double-T. And you know me, me, that D to the O to the double G, the road dog Jesse James together once again with that double J. Jeff, what are we going to be doing? Oh, folks, the Oh You Didn't Know podcast and the My World podcast are getting together again. That's right. The band is back together and we're going on tour. The Ain't We Great Tour 2022. Oh, Vegas. The Nerd Bar, Sunday, May 29th. VIP doors at 11. Show starts at 2. We're going to have a swag bag. You know what a swag bag is? I don't even know, but I'm interested. You had me at hello. (laughs) Folks, we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to tell stories, candidly, that we'll never, ever tell on the podcast. Come on out. We'll call a little pregame before the pay-per-view. The double or nothing pay-per-view. You talk about a weekend of doubles. Double J. The real double J. Double or nothing. Come party with us first. And if you ain't down with that, I got three words for you. Buy the tickets. Oh, no. We great. Head to DoubleJLive.com or RoadDogLive.com for more information and tickets. That's DoubleJLive.com or RoadDog.com with two G's for tickets. Broadcasting from the Bluetooth Studios. Try Bluetooth free when you use our promo code ARN. Just pay $5 shipping at checkout. Hello and welcome to ARN. This is Paul Bromwell, and today I'm joined by none other than the Hall of Famer, the founder of the Four Horsemen, the creator of the Spinebuster, and in 1988. He was the man with the left hand and mahogany tan. He's the enforcer. He's double A. He's Arn Anderson. Arn, how are you this week? That flipped you to close the show last week, didn't it? <laughs> it did. It did. I told uh, you, I, I've been telling folks I'm a damn good looking man. You are. You are. Nobody seems to get it. Well, buddy, they just got to travel back in time, a little 1988, and watch you there with those white sunglasses, that blonde hair, that nice dark beard. You had that uh, that chain on, that dress shirt. 
My goodness, your wife, where is she? Can we bring her back? Let's talk to her. I'm sure she was just enamored uh, with Arn Anderson. And the main secret to it all is I never took her by lens crafters. So <laughs> she didn't have them expensive glasses that JJ did. Have, if she could have seen well, <laughs> right. I would have never got a shot. That's funny. Well, I, I was just thinking back to when JJ said how much money he spent on his glasses. I guess uh, you were fortunate your wife wasn't. Well, listen, let's jump into this week's show. We talked about Barry Windham last week joining the Horsemen. We talked about the Crockett Cup. All good stuff. Today, we're going to talk about the fallout from all those major events. Are you ready, my friend, to dive into May 1988? Yes. Ah, that's good, because if you said no, I don't know what we would do. But here we go. The month begins in Indianapolis, Indiana, at the convention center. On the show, you worked with Dr. Death and Tully Russell, the returning Dusty Rhodes. That's right. Midnight Rider, no more. To a count out in the semi-main event, flare pin sting. And in the main event of the night, uh, Arn, there's a lot of talent here. Indianapolis was not a regular stop for Jim Crockett. Do you think this is the promotion trying to make a good first impression? Any stories or memories you can share of your time there during the Crockett days? Now, where are we talking about? Indianapolis? Indianapolis, yes, sir. Yeah, I think it's a, Indianapolis is one of those blue-collar towns that was probably not cultivated as much as it should have been. A lot of people there, like, you know, they love their Colts. That's, that's for sure. Um, and it's just a hard-working, blue-collar bunch of folks in Indy that uh, were probably wrestling fans. I'm just not sure if they were Jim Crockett fans yet. Yet. Yeah, I think that's the key word, you know. There was so much exposure. TV uh, stations were picking up across the country. But you're right. There were so many towns, audiences that were still just getting acclimated to Jim Crockett promotions. And you were trying to test the waters. We've mentioned a few markets over the last few weeks that you're dipping your toe in the water across the country to see, hey, what kind of reaction, what kind of turnout are we going to get here for our brand? So, you know, it's still a little experimentation going on, if you will. And, and probably, Paul, to be honest with you, not enough research because they didn't have the resources. Hey, what's the economy in the town? All right, let's look ahead for four or five weeks before we start our promotion for this town. What else is going on in town that night? You know, yeah. all those things that they all matter. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. And as you get smarter in the business, you know, as a as a company and as a talent and all that, you start to ask those questions. Especially when you get there that night, and you find out. Well, okay, the fairs in town it may not sound like a big deal, but fair comes once a year. A lot of people spend their spend their money at the fair, you know. Maybe there's another athletic something going on. Maybe there's a high school state basketball tournament going on. You know, who knows? You know, there are there are reasons that that a town doesn't draw, and then their excuses. And the reason sometimes is they just didn't want to see it. Well, good. The good news is, Arn, back uh, here on the second of May, you're back in Horseman Country. You're in Greenville at the Municipal Auditorium that night. Dusty's teamed with Doctor Death, and they defeated you and Tully in a non-title lights out match. A note I found in the research was that the Midnight Rider was originally advertised instead of Dusty, but again, that angle's changed. Midnight Rider entered on April thirtieth, so that's that to be determined. 
uh, at the end of that uh, of, of that advertisement, I'm sure. And then from Doran Arena on May 5th, 1,900 people watched a JCP television taping that wouldn't be aired until May 21st. So, yeah, they had to wait a while to see that one on TV. It's an NWA pro show, and Barry wrestled the Italian Stallion. And following the match, Jim Ross conducted an interview with Wyndham and James J. Dillon. Dusty comes out, confronts Wyndham. The fans in Raleigh are treated to the beginning of another chapter in the Horseman-Dusty rivalry. Arn, let's take a look at what happened in Raleigh that night. I don't know what Dillon is saying. Jim Ross now up under the apron, trying, and, and he broke the throat. Finally, Wyndham gave it up. Let's see if Ross can talk with him. I'd like to, if I could, if I could, I'd like to ask you one question. If I could take that much time to ask you one question. There was one man that went a long time. He brought you along in your career a great deal, and you can't deny that. How are you going to look Dusty Rhodes in the eyes and justify Dusty your Rhodes actions? Dusty Rhodes means nothing to me, and he never has. Nobody in this building means a thing to me. What have you ever done for me? I'm the only one. I'm bad sweat. I've done all the work for everybody. I'm the one that never looked like I was anything. Dusty Rhodes never did anything for me. I lived in his shadow, and never again will I. I'm with the four horsemen now. They are my friends. They stand for what I stand for. The unity as a team, we are the elite. Well, maybe you can address that question right here. Let me ask you something. Are you prepared to do what you're trying to do? Can you look me in the eye after all these years and call yourself a man? Barry Windham, can you look me in the eye? right now, Barry Wyndham, with definitely a smile on your face. I'm telling you something right here. At Dustin Rhodes, if you want to taste more of what just happened, you keep sticking your nose in my business. Lex Luger, that's only a taste of what's going to happen to you. You keep messing with my group of men. Now, right here, the four horsemen, they stand for what I am. And right now, I am at the top of my game. I'm the very best. And I may never reach a higher peak. Right here is where the horsemen are, and Barry Windham is at the top of that heap. Dusty Rhodes, you think that you are above the law? You had the Midnight Rider thrown out. You had the whole thing gone through in litigation, and now you're back in action, just like you always were. It's no secret to me. It's no secret to anybody out there. 
Lex Luger, you're still a crybaby. And I remember when you were crying on my feet, crying for me to help you. You were never any time, any type of help to me. I always carried your load. You rode on my shoulders and rode the high horse. Well, I did all the work. Well, it's never going to happen again. The four horsemen are going to ride high like never before. The Nature Boy, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, and our elite and illustrious manager, James J. Dillon, are going to take us to new heights that we possibly have never attained before. Everyone out there knows what we are capable of, and you know what we are going to do. Like everyone's been saying, it's going to be a long, long summer. But let me tell you what, the guys on the other side of the track are the ones that are going to be sweating and bleeding all summer long because we're out here to do what we do best, and that's to hurt everybody out there. Feelings or whatever it may be, this is a standard of excellence in professional wrestling today. Ladies and gentlemen, you see the horsemen. So there it is, Arn. Uh, Barry Wyndham, first of all, I got to say, the pandemonium in the crowd once again, but Jim Ross and Bob Cottle together, first of all, legendary Bob Cottle, loved Bob. But Jim Ross brings the passion when he's screaming pandemonium, pandemonium's breaking loose, Dusty Rhodes is, 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 is bleeding. Ah, oh, so good on the commentary. It's so critical to what we do. You know, they, they tell you what you're watching, and they point out maybe some things that you didn't notice about what you were watching and the reason for it and what is the story behind it and how did we get here. You know, all those things, they are so critical to what we do. And uh, JR is certainly going to go down in history as one of the best. Yeah, for those of you that weren't able to see that, the video of it, Dusty, like so many times before, he finds himself on the receiving end of a horseman beat down. And uh, we have uh, Luger running in to make the save, Nikita and others. But Wyndham's involved in every match and every finish regularly, costing the faces the match against Flair. Arn, Barry is legit over and a well-established superstar, but was this process the means of making him even more of a horseman? And what I mean by that, is the presentation it's such a 180 degree turn from what people saw all the way to the match in jacksonville well barry the one thing that i like to when we're tearing you know these things apart i like to tell the truth barry on this this particular promo was feeling his way through i don't think he was exactly comfortable with self-promotion and that's what that this promo was geared to be put yourself over make me want to gag on what you're saying barry had done the right thing for so long and had been such a straight arrow for so long and done the right thing and been such a baby face over the years it's hard to just on a dime just turn into a real asshole yeah. So he struggled a little bit, if you notice, with this promo. You know, he could have said a lot less with a lot more conjecture, a lot more feeling, and just trimmed it down and just been as arrogant, you know, as, as he needed to be. He, what will a, get, he will get better as time goes on, I assure you. What I did notice was almost not a verbal cue, but a physical cue where you guys just started forming your hands together as almost a sign to, hey, it's time to wrap it up. That's exactly what it was. 
and mm. Barry got it right away. And, uh, you know, sometimes you get a feel for it that it's, it's on the verge. For, it's going from being good to being a little redundant. And that's where you need to, somebody needs to step up. And somebody would always put that hand in what they felt it was time to shut her down. There you go. That was fun. Yep, totally noticed it. So it's uh, we're moving on. It's May the 6th. We're at the Civic Arena in Pittsburgh in front of 3,800 people. You and Barry defeated your old pals Brad Armstrong and Tim Horner. There you go. Those are new, new two names I know you respect and love, buddy. You're not kidding. God, I, I, if, if I could wrestle those guys, I could still be wrestling. I could right now go dig my boots out wherever they are, throw on a pair of tights, take an hour to stretch out. I could go out and work. That's how good those guys were. And people would still pay money, harder money to watch that match right now. I'm telling you, aren't so good, all of you. They and would pay to maybe to have it stopped. But, uh, <laughs> no, we would pay to watch. But I could get through about 10 minutes of it, I bet you. <laughs> That's great. Well, and then you're in Baltimore the next day. It's 5,500 people, and they're going to watch you and Tully wrestle Dr. Death and Dusty uh, with your opponents getting the victory by DQ. It was noted in the research that you and Tully, yes, sir, Mr. Blanchard, were heavily cheered in this match here in Baltimore. That's interesting, Arn. Some wrestling cities have their own personalities. Baltimore is definitely horseman country. Was it ever odd or strange when you were cheered by a crowd knowing that you're positioned as a heel? Um, a little bit. But in those days, they, I think they had gotten to a point. They had seen us together so many times. And we would get beat uh, most of the time. And I think the audience collectively went, okay, wait a minute. I've seen these guys the last eight shows, and they've been beat eight times in a row. <laughs> Maybe I should reevaluate this, and let me watch this match from a different perspective. And they started to figure out, you know, who was creating a lot of the excitement. You know, they were watching it from the baby faces mowing us down to the fact that we were putting them in a position to look pretty damn good. And that's where the turn started to be, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think that fans started to maybe just, I don't want to say smarten up a little bit, but to appreciate what you guys were doing, not only in and out of the ring, but some of these promos and just all the your 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 body of work and what you guys were accomplishing at the time. And we're like, screw it. We love these guys. We're cheering for them, whether they like it or not type thing. Yeah. And we would not, we would not play up to them. We would not, you know, acknowledge them. We would just, you know, Hey, many nights I would try the, Hey, I don't need your help. Yeah. And a, and a few of them would turn on you, but the other ones would, would just hell they'd pop again. Boil. So, yeah. You know, they like what they like, and that's the beauty about wrestling fans. And I tell them to this very day, like what you like, that's your prerogative. Whatever you don't like, and if it involves me in it and you're not liking it, change the channel. There you go. Well, May 9th, Jim Crockett recorded TV at the Cumberland County Memorial Arena in Fayetteville, North Carolina. On that day, you would take on Ronnie Garvin in a match that would air on May 15th. The match went just about 17 minutes. You got some good heat early by complaining about Ronnie Garvin throwing that close fist to his. It was another fantastic match, but equally important was the way this one ended. Arn, 
You know what I got here. I got the clip. Let's take a look at it. Yep, here we go. And Arn Anderson continues to battle back. The stomp. So I can't even lie about what's going on. You got the clip to substantiate it. That's right. That's right. Is anybody going to mention the fact that the guy's stomping me to death? He is, man. I'm going to ask you about those stomps when this is done. I always love that. Punching at the air. I love fighting Ronnie Garvin because you didn't have to bring anything except your accessibility uh, because he would make you fight him. Yeah. No referee to be had. Tough some bitch, boy. Talk to us about the the Garvin stomp. Was it the stomp so much? I mean, <laughs> I won't discount him, but the one thing is he could stretch you with just his legs. He didn't even use his arms sometimes. He'd have you in what we call a sugar hold, which would end up trapping your arm behind your head and pushing your head forward. And if you put too much mustard on it, it puts you, put you out. Yeah. Choke you completely out. And he would do it with just his legs. And he just, he was such a solid worker. And his, his kicks were flush and his chops, you know, he'd chop the piss out of you. Him and Flair used to bring blood, you know, to each other. And he would slap you. He did it in that match, slap you right in the chest. He just felt violent, that man. And he was. And that was one of the guys that I really enjoyed working with because he would bring the man out of you. Or he'd eat you up. Yeah. It's up to you. You'd either rise to the occasion and fight him, and you'd have a, a man's fist fight, or, you know, you'd let him intimidate you, and he'd just eat you up. Well, for those of you that didn't see the video, the horseman ganged up on Garvin, and for the second time, we see Barry use the iron claw until the rest of the faces made the save. Arn, what do you think about the throwback to the claw? We know Blackjack Mulligan used it as his finisher, obviously Barry's dad. And as a heel, Blackjack printed money in Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling for a long, long time. Do you have memories about Blackjack that you can share with us? First, answer that question about the claw and then talk about Blackjack. Well, he was, he was about a half a generation ahead of me. You know, he was 
Mulligan was probably the first, the last of the 70s and the first of the 80s where I was 85 before I got to Crockett. So I missed him. Uh, but man, now with Blackjack, he was such a big man. I bet you he was 300 and what, 350 pounds? Oh, yeah. Biggest forearms I ever saw on a, on a man. And uh, big hands. And he made the claw totally credible. Now, Barry inherited a story from his dad. I don't know if that fit Barry as well as everyone hoped um, because it wasn't that he had these big, massive hands or this big, massive body. Now, he was. Barry was big and strong and could pick guys up and superplex. I saw him superplex animal off the top rope a couple of nights, which is pretty damn impressive. So it wasn't a question of strength. Uh, but, you know, it, w- it, it was perceived as, as a nasty thing, the claw, the people who had used it in previous uh, years and decades, you know. I don't know whether it fit this particular point in time, but it wasn't my call anyway. Now, guys, listen, back in 1988, Barry Windham used a gloved hand to make sure his iron claw finisher was most effective. Men, if you're in need of a gimmick enhancement, something to make sure you get the job done and get that submission, look no further than Blue Chill. It's time to dig yourself out of that winter hibernation. Spring is here, and it's time to get sprung with Blue Chew. That's right. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew, and you can get your confidence back, and t- it'll take you far in life, guys. It can help you in the bedroom, especially when it comes to step up when it's bedroom time. You know what I mean? Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. You get my drift. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. You don't have to visit the doctor's office, no weird or awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the good old U.S. of A. and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. That's right, the mailman doesn't need to know your business. Arn, they always say first impressions are important. What about lasting impressions? I've got this vision of you chasing the missus around the house with a with the biz owner <laughs> and her screaming at the top of her lungs. <laughs> I can't get it out of my head. Arn, it's like we know each other way too well already, my friend. Yeah, I hit it right on the head, didn't I? <laughs> Speaking of the head, Blue Chew can help you. We've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code ARN at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code ARN, and receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. If you're going to spine bust of the missus, there better be a payoff for her in. That's all I can tell you. <laughs>
Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Well, Lauren, it's May 10th. You guys are in Miami with you defeating Ricky Santana in an underneath match in front of 2,943 people. And the next day, JCP recorded an episode of World Championship Wrestling from the Leon County Civic Center in Tallahassee, Florida. And on that show, it aired uh, May 14th. You and Tully interfere in a match with the powers of pain and Legion of Doom. What the hell are you thinking? You and Tully jumping into a match with the powers of pain and the Legion of Doom? Yeah. You guys have a death wish? I was fixing to say, why do we have a bug up our ass? <laughs> that made no sense, <laughs> yeah. no time, no reason. I can't explain that one to you because there is no explanation for it. Now, here's the crazy part. According to the research, you guys beat the shit out of Hawk. And he was literally carried out on a stretcher. So this that part didn't air on television, but what a scene it had to be. The notion that the horseman participated in an attack that saw Hawk being stretchered out of the arena. And I'm sure it was all of us that jumped on him. But hey, here's the thing. People cannot hold it against us because we told you, here's the game plan. You jump on one of us, you jump on all of us. And the Road Warriors damn sure had to know we weren't going to just come down two-on-two two and, and start a beef for those guys. That's right. Well, we're on NWA Pro. It was recorded the same day. You and Tully cut a standalone promo where it's just the two of you, and you're doing your thing. We got it, man. Later in the same show, David Crockett interviews Barry Windham and J.J. Dillon from ringside, and we got both of them. So, Arm, we're going to play them back-to-back. Let's okay. listen to what you all had to say. Here we go. You know, I think back the last time we were in Raleigh, Governor Jim Martin and his son sitting right on the front row. We walk by, the governor's son goes. And what that is, is a symbol of excellence in professional wrestling or any other line of work, 24 hours a day. When you see that, you know you're dealing with the best. And now Dr. Death, Nikita Koloff, they want to scream and holler and they want to talk about being bad. But you know, Dr. Death, all that amateur stuff, don't get it. That ain't it. This ain't it. It's this that gets it, big man. It's who can go down on the mat and get back up at that 40-minute mark. And the two of you, my friends, when that tongue starts hanging, that's when the 21-inch guns come out and the enforcer really does his thing. And you gentlemen are going to get to find out in Raleigh. If I came out, Tully, and I said, well... We're not a couple of pretty faces. I'd be lying. Uh-oh. If I came out here and I said, our heads all scarred up, we're not pretty to look at, I'd be lying. 
We have took our share of beatings, but while we have excelled and stood above all the rest since our conception three years ago, since the formulation of the horseman, because he doesn't mind getting knocked down, I don't mind getting knocked down, my tax man don't mind me getting knocked down, because at the end of the year, we're still champion. And here, the man, the genius that put it all together, James J. Dillon. J.J. What I did was to recognize excellence. I did not create it. Barry Windham has possessed the ability from day one. Ric Flair said a long, long time ago, the most pure tactician in the wrestling ring anywhere in the world was Barry Windham himself. Even though he did not see at that time what unifying with the four horsemen could do for his career. But that's history. That's behind him now. Now all we're looking at is a lot of jealous people that don't like what they see. Because you're looking at the world heavyweight champion. You're looking at the world tag team champions. And brother, before this year is over, we're going to have all the hardware. And that's just as simple as I can make it. And no Midnight Rider, no Dr. Death Steve Williams, no Nikita Koloff, no Road Warriors, no Garvins. No one else is going to stand in our way. And the words of Mr. Flair himself, diamonds are forever, and so are the four horsemen. That's right, JJ. You know, I have reached a point of professional wrestling that I am the proven product. I have attained credibility in professional wrestling that cannot be bought and that cannot be gotten in a jam pump and iron. It took years in the wrestling ring to get to the point where I am. I am the very best in the ring. I am a tactician. I know every counter. I know every offensive move in professional wrestling. And now with the help of the four horsemen, I can attain all the goals that I set. And no one will stand away. Lex Luger, you were merely the turning point in my career. Dusty Rhodes, Road Warriors, and Sting, you will be next, boys. All right, the newest member. All right, a couple observations. First of all, Arn, were they 21 inches? Yeah, he might have fudged that a little bit. 21-inch arms, not quite. (laughs) You were looking Miami Vice. You had the pink shirt on, the collar was popped, the guns were out, you shed the glasses. You and Tully were in rare form. I loved it, man. What would you think of the, uh, the old promo there? I'm a fashion plate. You know, my, my God. You were the model before Rick Martel was. You know, yes, you know? yes. Yes, I'm I with mean, you. each week we <laughs> unveil more stuff. And I didn't even, I didn't even do it on purpose. It was you didn't just, even try. It was just you, it, being you. It was me. That's just my style. Now, we gotta, I got to touch on Barry, because you and I had just talked about that, and it seems like now in this promo... He's moving forward a little bit. You said the last time we watched him, he wasn't really talking about himself enough. Here he did. And it seems like he's starting to get more comfortable as a horseman with every interaction. What did you think about that one? He inched along on this one. That's right. Because everything he said was accurate. If you think about it and you go back and analyze that promo, what about it was not true? And it's when you start stating the obvious but you put a real arrogant twist to it, then you're really getting there. And he's inching his way there. I like it too, because you have Tully and JJ, you're there always to back him up with the messaging and that's going to help him uh, as well. But then I also love the fact of Tully calling him BW 
a couple of times. That that just helps with the camaraderie feel, the chemistry, and, and it just it brings it like a closer-knit group together. So the presentation is all working here as Barry continues to develop as a horseman. That's a great catch and a great observation because that's what we called him. Yeah. You know, backstage, you know, everywhere in the ring, out of the ring, BW, that's it. Well, on May 13th, the tournament for the U.S. title was at the Sam Houston Coliseum in front of 4,800 on you wrestled Dr. Death in a non-tournament match and were defeated for the dreaded, with the dreaded small package, should I say, not the Oklahoma Stampede for which Dr. Death was, uh, was famous for. But the important thing that happened that night was Barry Windham winning the U.S. title by defeating the Midnight Rider. Okay, it was, it was the Italian Stallion. In the quarterfinals, earning a bye in the second round due to a double elimination. And then he beats Nikita Koloff in the finals. Barry defeated Nikita by pinfall while using the ropes for added leverage. Excellent. It happens, Arn. There's been a lot of amazing men that held that United States title, the belt that signified who the number one contender was. And, of course, the man who carried the title was a heartbeat away from the big goal. That's what it always meant back in those days if you were the United States champion. Is there any better representative of that characterization at this time than Barry Windham in your estimation? No, and you know what? It was well known that the U.S. champion was in direct line to get a world title shot. So if you're sitting around on your couch and you're a pretty educated fan and you're thinking, Okay, Barry's just joined the horseman. Now he's the U.S. champion. What's going to happen when that opportunity comes up at Flair's title? Mm, good point. Is he going to cash that in? Is he going to push for that? Or is he going to let it go and be happy with his own success right now? You know, it opened up a lot of conjecture. It's fun, too, to think about because around this time frame after he wins the tag, the uh, U.S. title, this is also the time that that photo is snapped, which I'm sure you see at many autograph shows of you guys with all the belts. Rick yep. with the big gold, he with the U.S., and you guys with the tag titles. And I'm sure you autograph that picture many times over at a lot of these fan conventions. Yep, and most people say that was my favorite. Yes. You know, there's a lot of only fans out there that like the first group, but Barry... From a performance standpoint and making credible matches be even go to another level, he was the guy. All right. Well, we're going to get to that because I have a fun question for you as we get to the end of the show. On May 15th, JCP recorded television from the Civic Arena in Asheville. This was a matinee show with 500 in attendance, and the show didn't air until May 28th. You and Tully win an enhancement match in short order against George South. And Bob Riddle, George, still getting it done, has a wrestling school and doing some good things there. Arn, it's May 15th, and numerous times on the show, the Great American Bash was mentioned by an assortment of the talent. The dark match of this taping saw the Horsemen in a six-man tag matches Flair, Blanchard, and yourself lost to Sting and the Road Warriors. Sting substituted for Dusty, who was advertised, and believe it or not, we have, once again, the actual ad from that newspaper. Let's check it out. I love these these newspaper clippings, and I want to show this one to you. Here you go. So there it is. 
Six-man tag. Dusty Rhodes and Road Warriors were advertised against you, Tully, and and uh, and and, and uh, the Nature Boy. It ends up being Sting on this card. You can see Asheville Civic Center, May 15th, 2 p.m. Arn, there's your kisser on the right-hand side with Tully and Rick. Nice. They had they had that stock photo. You can see the rest of the card there. They had the Fantastics versus the Midnight Express. Uh and uh, what else? We got live TV taping, NWA Worldwide TV uh, programs with such stars as Sting and Koloff and the mighty Wilbur, Johnny Ace. Johnny Ace! Oh, now, now John Laurinaitis in WWE. There you go. But uh, that's the actual uh, newspaper clipping. Pretty cool. I'll point out something that may or may not stagger you a little bit. I love it. Look at the price of the ringside seat. 12 bucks. Now, that's reasonable. That's reasonably priced. And if you're going to take your family, you know, like we said, when we first got to Crockett, they were running towns weekly and semi-weekly. If you're going to go three weeks out of a month or two weeks out of a month and take your family, that's pretty reasonable price for a ticket. Could you imagine $12 to sit ringside to see Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, who was advertised, but Sting, the Road Warriors, but Arn Anderson? You get to see Arn Anderson? Are you kidding me? This is I look, incredible. I look better up close, too, I bet you. You know what? They used the same stock photo for you in last month's uh, clipping. They weren't getting you in the pink shirt with the 21-inch bicep and all this. This was like the dark out, dark out sunglasses, you know. Yeah, and the beards, the shits. Yeah, the beard. Yeah, I didn't have the lines right on the beard. So <laughs> they could have taken a much better photo than that, but <sighs> that's okay. It's still fun, and this is fun. This is history to go back and look at. So again, thank you, Richard Land, for digging this out for us. These are these are great. Great clips, newspaper clippings, and we hope our audience is enjoying them. Uh, it's on May 15th uh, that we talked about there. May 16th, we move on to Greenville. You worked underneath, defeating the Italian Stallion. The other horsemen were be, would uh, be beaten by Luger, Garvin, and Sting via DQ. And then we move on to May 20th. JCP recorded TV at the Norfolk Scope with 4,000 people in attendance. The dark match is Dusty, Luger, Sting, all the baby faces, along with Nikita, and they defeated all of you guys. It's it's Rick, and it's you, and Tully, and Barry. Arn, that's all the top talent in Jim Crockett at the time, and this is a dream match. And to emphasize a point you have made in previous episodes, the crew was all together on this night and not split up running two loops. What a treat for the Norfolk crowd. Yeah, you bet. You bet, and it was uh, it was a regular town, so they knew when they got half a card, and they knew when they got a full card. And uh, Norfolk was one of those great arenas. A lot of servicemen would come, groups four, five, six. We were not baby faces in Norfolk. Trust me. During the heyday of JCP, dark matches provided an unadvertised surprise for the live crowd that the fans were not expecting. That's all fine and well during the matches, but outside the arena, it's important to be prepared, not surprised. Yes, it's time to tell you again about something I'm super passionate about, and that's protecting your family. Yes, this is a life insurance ad for GoliathLife.com, but to me, this is really about peace of mind. 
Think about insurance for a second. We all get medical and auto insurance, yet we never even know if we're going to have need for it. Let me let you in on a little secret. You need life insurance. Because at some point, unfortunately, it's true, we're all going to die. Now, as you let that really sink in, think about what would happen if your family stopped having your income tomorrow. If you don't have a plan for that, you need to visit GoliathLife.com. And I mean right now. Listen, I've lost two friends in their 40s in the last year and a half. And I don't even want to think about what their families would be going through had they not had life insurance. If you don't have it, get it. Protect your family. And I suggest you go to GoliathLife.com because they've made the process of getting affordable life insurance super easy. GoliathLife.com streamlines the life insurance process by allowing you to get quotes from more than 20 carriers within minutes, and you'll pick your terms and payments to fit your budget. You pick your price, you start the online application immediately, and even schedule the medical exam to come to you. I've done it. They sent someone to my office. I skipped the phone calls, the paperwork, and the crazy invasive conversations. GoliathLife.com makes buying life insurance simple. There's no hidden fees, no upsells, no hassle, hell, not even a phone call. GoliathLife.com is life insurance. In your hands, on your time, get multiple quick quotes right now from the comfort of your own home and begin your application in a few easy clicks right now at GoliathLife.com. You know what? what? What's that, When you first started into this promo, I thought you were going to say... Everybody out there should have a Glock. <laughs> That's how you protect your family. There you go. But you segued on into something which I agree. Matter of fact, my wife has so much life insurance, she'll be able to buy Saudi Arabia once I'm dead. Oh, well, there you go. All so right. I'm, I'm with you on the uh, Goliath insurance, buddy. Absolutely. Don't, don't worry about what's going to, you know. Shouldn't have to worry about what's going to happen after you uh, expire. Should be a, a good feeling to know that you got them taken care of. That's right. Take care of your family and take care of all, and they can, uh, and they uh, they'll have enough on their heart and on their minds once you pass. Don't uh, leave them suspended, having to worry about everything else and, and and all the money issues as well. So there you go. On the following day, you're back at the WTBS studios for TV, and you wrestle David Isley, defeating him with the Gourd Buster. This match just went under five minutes, but the length gave JR and Tony plenty of time to put you over, and you got to the show, uh, and, and ma- you made sure you put over all your moves in the arsenal. Following the match, JJ took the lead on the interview with you, Tully, and Barry, and we've got the clip right here. Let's check it out. They say the horseman rule wrestling. World heavyweight champion Ric Flair. World tag team champion. United States heavyweight champion. But can they get past that six man tomorrow night? Well, tomorrow night in the Omni, we're going to find out what the horsemen are all about. Because it's easy to see where the situation is. The American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, high off the suspension being lifted. No more Midnight Rider. No more facade. He is the dream. He is the legend. He's back in his home right here in the Omni in Atlanta, Georgia. And next to him is the total package of Lex Luger, the one that the wrestling experts say is the next coming of the American Dream. And to his other side is the hottest single attraction in all of sports today. This, this man they call the Sting. 
Well, on the other side are the World Tag Team Champions. And listen to what I'm telling you. The World Tag Team Champions, Tony Blanchard and Arn Anderson. And now they're already saying this is going to be the true test for Barry Windham, the newest horseman. Can he stand side by side with a World Tag Team Champion? Well, Mr. Windham right here is wearing the United States Heavyweight Championship belt across his shoulders. He has already proven his worth, and he will be part of the most elite team in professional wrestling tomorrow night at the Omni. You know, David Crockett, the bashes are coming up. Everybody knows what a great advantage that is. Dusty Rhodes likes to come out here and talk about how he's going to rule wrestling and take the horseman down. But you know, he's been trying to do that for three years, and the horsemen are still intact and better than ever with the addition of Barry Windham. But you know, the bashes are a little ways off. You've got Houston, Texas, JJ, on June 10th. And it's going to be barbed wire, and it's going to be you, Dusty Rhodes, and me. And I'm no stranger to it. You can see the scars. Because I don't care about getting scarred up, Dust. I'm not going to be in commercial. I'm just wrestling for a living. And you know, Big Dust, I've been wanting to put you out for a long time. JJ's wanted you out for a long time. Rick's wanted you out for a long time. Orange wanted you out for a long time. And Barry wants you out. And I'm going to do it. Houston, Texas, it's going to be you and me. And nobody can get in and nobody can get out. And Dust, I'm going to take you all night long. All right, ladies and gentlemen, more exciting wrestling coming up next. Hang on to your seats. So, Arn, there we go. Uh, one of the things that I want to point out to you here, you didn't even speak at all, obviously, but it's difficult not to be awed by this presentation. We got three of the best workers in the business, four great talkers, and Flair isn't even here. Man, there's just goosebumps all around for this one. And it's new, and it's fresh. It is. You know, it's not like it were at the three-month period or the six-month period. It's brand new. Well, the next day, you're at the Richmond Coliseum during a hailstorm, my friend. 7,000 fans watched as you, Tully, and Barry fought Dusty, Luger, and Nikita to a no contest. It didn't matter. Rain, storm, snow. You guys were doing your thing, man. That's a damn good crowd, too. Yeah, 7,000 for a hailstorm. Yeah, you know, hailstorms scare most people to death. Nobody would leave home. I would suggest that probably hurt your um, walk-up immensely. That's a good point. That could have been a 9,000, you know, attendance. Who knows? Uh, In the Omni uh, on the 22nd is advertised Dusty Luger and Sting with Magnum TA in their corner, fought Barry Tully and you to a double count-out, 17 minutes, 42 seconds. The entire population of Hillsville, Virginia, all 800 of them, saw you and Tully lose the Luger and Nikita on May 24th in the semi-main event. And then on May 28th, it was TV day in Atlanta. And on the program, you defeated Keith Steinborn in an underneath match. You weren't done, buddy, because that's just not how this rolls. Because later that night, you're in Charleston, West Virginia. 2,500 people watched you defeat the Italian Stallion. And then the next day, you're in Greensboro, and you also work with the Italian Stallion that day in front of another 4,000 people. So you worked with the Italian Stallion twice in the same weekend and several other times during the month. Clearly, there's faith in both of you to put on a good match in front of the Greensboro crowd. So, I mean, you had to enjoy working with the Italian Stallion here. You guys were putting on some good matches. They had faith in you here. Well, without taking it the wrong way, I was at a point that it wasn't about the Stallion. It was about me. 
you get over to a point to where you can book yourself down the card. You can be in the first match or the second match. You're still one of the horsemen. You're still one of the top guys. And it just gives you a chance to go down and have a semi-competitive match with a guy and help him and reach down and pull him up a notch or two. Yeah, and, and you guys always did that so well. You would end the month with a TV taping in Savannah on May 30th. And on that show, you and Tully defeated David Isley and Larry Stevens. NWA Pro and the main event were taped on the 31st. And we're going to look at those tapings next month as they didn't air until June. But Arn, that's going to wrap up our coverage for May 1988. Amazing effort by Jim Crockett to make Barry such a kick-ass, believable heel here. And he fit right into the horseman with his in-ring work and promo skills. But I'm not letting you get out of here without this. We have fun. We've had some fun here talking about your favorite two incarnations of the horseman. And a lot of people argue about it. So the first is with Ole and the second is with Barry. So I want to ask you, I want to put you on the spot. Give us two or three things that made the grouping special. What one with uh, Oli? Two or three things that made it special with Oli, and then two or three things that made it special with Barry. Um, it was the first with Oli. Okay. And it's hard when you have something that really clicks, and it's the first, and it's the originals, like a a rock and roll band. You lose your lead guitar player, you leave lose your front man. You're screwed a lot of times. You never reach that magic that you once once had. Um, it was at a point where Jim Crockett was ready for an influx of new talent. And, uh, you know, the same day I started, which was March the 5th, I think, uh, with Jim Crockett, you had Buddy Landell, you had myself, you had the Rock and Roll Express coming in around that time, The rock, you know, the, the Midnight Express. For me to come in and get launched and then to have shortly down the road, Ole start talking about me on TV, started the ball rolling. And me getting that rub was something special, and it was a gift in those days. Me being an Anderson, me showing up on the scene and being able to carry my own weight, even though I was still a rookie, I think, made it special. Mm for that group and we were building on that whole horseman deal sure it was which came out of nowhere you know yeah with barry it gave us the opportunity Ole wasn't going to work every day and he made that clear when he came back to work barry was he was an everyday guy barry was durable barry was one of those guys that uh he could drink all night long get three hours sleep and go out and go 45 minutes that's just who he was. He wasn't a gym guy. But like I said, I've seen him superplex animal off the top rope a couple times. Animal's 300 pounds. To stand him straight up on that top turnbuckle and those guys both take that big bump, it was pretty damn spectacular. And uh, it was fresh. It was new. It was a totally different look from Lex. It was a totally different performance standard. You didn't have to cover for Barry for anything. Barry was right there for everything, and that's what made that grouping special. Get the house you want with the payment you want at buywithconrad.com. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this at buywithconrad.com. 
NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. The first step to buying a house is buywithconrad.com. Barry checked all the boxes as, oh. as a horseman. It says yes. that's, that's the key there for him. Ole was the first, a founding member, brought you along. There's loyalty there and a thankfulness for what he did for you. And so that'll always be special. So I think it's safe to assume, you know, kind of summarize it that way. But Barry then came along and he was the one that was the first one really to check all the boxes. When you say he worked every day, would go 45 minutes and was just like one of the rest of you three. You know, I should have asked you the question and you should have answered because <laughs> you gave a much better answer. No way. Me. No way. I wanted to hear what you had to say. I was just kind of summarizing your thoughts, but it makes total sense to me now. Makes That's total the way sense. I felt about it. it just yeah. Was, separate entities which it was so different that's what freshened us up at that yeah. point in time so much absolutely arn it has been my pleasure once again we'll call it a horse race between Oli and barry and uh that's that's it man we're going to be back next week uh for june 1988 and we're building to the great american bash man i love the bashes scaffold matches war games Got lots of fun, Arn. This has been great just going back through history, my friend. Just a little little heads up, a little tip. Guys were making money. Guys were buying homes. Guys were buying cars. Life was good. People were having babies. It was all kind of good things going on. They were buying white sunglasses, gold chains, custom shirts. I mean, it's all. Me. Just oh, just me. you. Okay. Everybody can't pull that look off. No, that's for sure. And, and, and the enforcer, he was pulling that look off. This has been a blast, and we're going to wrap up for Arn Anderson, the enforcer, the Hall of Famer, the founding member of the Horsemen. I'm Paul Bromwell. We'll see you right here again next time here on Arn. Thank you for listening. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.